Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the On the Pony Express podcast. Part of the On3 network. Check out all the SMU coverage you need at ontheponyexpress.com. Now, now. here's your host, Billy Embody. Billy Embody. One, two, three. Let's go. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. SMU Tulane, the AAC Championship on the line at 3 p.m. Central in New Orleans broadcast on ABC. It doesn't get better than that, of course, until SMU goes to the ACC and maybe we see them make a conference championship game. But for now, this will have to do going after the defending champions of the AAC on their way out to the ACC. That is what SMU will be up against on Saturday as they face the green wave. And we're going to dive into a lot of the storylines this week, update you on any injuries and preview the game and look to the green wave and what they're going to bring to SMU uh, this week as the Mustangs look to punch potentially a ticket to the New Year's Six. Now, things have to happen the right way for SMU overall uh, to get to the New Year's Six. One, they need to beat Tulane. That is first and foremost. And quite frankly, if they do that, I feel confident SMU is going to be able to punch their ticket to a New Year's Six Bowl. I just feel like when you look at this conference, they are the best conference out of the group of five ranks. Uh, SMU has at least tried to play uh, a schedule that could have delivered them some signature wins in terms of the committee uh, looking at the college football playoff rankings. Obviously, they dropped those games to Oklahoma and TCU, but they did go get a win against Memphis. They beat some bowl-eligible teams, and now they have their biggest test and best chance to prove that they belong in the New Year's Six Bowl games, and that is Tulane. Last year's conference champion, they beat USC in the Cotton Bowl, and one of the great games uh, in bowl history that I've seen. Just an awesome, awesome game. They've got a lot of experience back off that roster. They still have Willie Fritz at the helm. This is going to be a tough matchup for SMU. And we're going to lead off, guys, breaking down Kevin Jennings. Of course, Preston Stone went down with that injury against Navy. Everyone heartbroken for him, quite honestly, uh, in terms of you know, just seeing somebody's season uh, end prematurely when he was just really starting to hit his stride. And, um, you know, I, I think this is a moment that when you follow this team and you, and you, you really get to know a lot of the players and you get to know their, their trend, their trend uh, in terms of the overall season, you look at Preston Stone's injury and it, and it just hurts you to your core um, but on top of that, he's a legacy. He cares a lot about SMU and the starting quarterback job. Well, now Kevin Jennings takes over, and he's a Dallas kid. He led uh, South Oak Cliff to their first state championship in 60 years, the first state championship for DISD in 60 years. A massive moment 
that he took and he really took the reins um, putting that together. I felt like when, you know, just talking with coaches around sock, which I've been lucky to be able to do um, as, as a recruiting reporter is, is get around sock a lot and, and their talent that they have. And everyone keeps talking about Kevin and he's been gone two years now, but all the things he did for the golden bears from an offensive standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, he was given the keys to the car. And eventually they said, you know what? You drive this thing. You make the plays, you make the calls. And that's why he's so comfortable in so many different situations. And if you've ever been to a sock practice or a sock game, they have been able to turn around that program into a state championship program as well as state title contending program once again because of how hard they are on those kids they've obviously been able to assemble talent but one thing they do is they don't let up and that type of pressure is something that Kevin learned quickly how to deal with and there was just not a moment that was too big for him and and he proved that day in day out um, SMU saw that talent um, Rhett Lashley uh, talking with uh, the media this week about how he came across Kevin and just really kind of what he sees um, in him as in terms of, you know, just how they were able to find him and, and put all this together. Uh, he said that, you know, when they went out there to watch him, uh, Kevin just popped uh, more so than the guys that they were out there to watch originally when they were watching that playoff game. Right when Rhett Lashley got hired, they saw Lovejoy play sock. And it was Kevin Jennings that earned an offer, and the Mustangs turned up the heat and got him committed and signed. Haven't seen anything different out of him. We haven't treated him any different than we would Preston. Um, you know, look, it's his first career start in college. Um, he's human. Who knows how he'll feel? He'll, he won't be perfect, but everyone here has a ton of confidence in him. And you know, we don't. It's not just something we've been saying since the spring and before the season that we feel like just like last year when we had Tanner and Preston, this year we felt like we have two guys that are quality starters that can start on any team in this league. And and so you know, we hate not having Preston, but you know, we believe in Kevin. He's been Kevin, which is all he needs to do on Saturday. Uh, he didn't have to go win the game. He's got to be him. And you know, it's always good when you can turn to a guy who's won a state title. Yeah, that state champ championship championship winning experience and pedigree that he brought to the table. That was another reason why they went out and got him. And so when you hear Rhett Lashley talking about how well, he's just been himself, he's just been that normal Kevin uh, that they all know and, and covering the team we've come to, you know, be accustomed to makes a ton of sense. I mean, that is the type of guy that um, SMU wanted um, somebody that doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Um, in in the grand scheme of things, when operating their offense and, and putting this team uh, around them um, and and saying go and go win us a ball game or go take a drive against Memphis and and go ninety yards and and score right before half or take over at uh, just before halftime and lead a I forgot how long the drive was at Tulsa before half where they came away with a field goal but um, lead a team to a road win at Tulsa in your first I, I think that was his first career action. Um, overall. So, you know, he exudes confidence in a fun way, I think. I mean, even this week compared to a couple of weeks ago when he met with us before the UNT game, and maybe he knew that 
odds were Preston Stone was going to start. I, I have no idea. I don't have any intel on that. But today, uh, Wednesday, when we met with him, he was, you know, kind of a little bit more smiles, a little bit more, you know, feeling it a little bit, which is exciting for him. And, you know, that that playoff experience, that pressure of having all of Dallas kind of rooting for you, that's, I would put that kind of even more than what he's going to face this week. Yes, the game for for Sock when they won state was not on national television. You know, it was on regional sports net, but, you know, it's not on ABC. But Kevin's been in moments where a ton of people have been watching this SMU team when he's been at the helm. And it's not new in that regard. I think you look back at that program of Sock and what they've put together and how hard they are on those kids and um, what they expect. And, and SMU expects, you know, has high expectations as well. But it's just different when it is your city, it is your community. And for Kevin coming into SMU as a Dallas kid, it means a lot. But it's also just a touch different. And I just feel like he's dealt with more pressure than what he's going to face on Saturday. So I think that experience, I think all of those things that he has in the back of his mind and experiences he's already gone through are just going to help him in such a big way. And Rhett Lashley, you know, kind of feels similar. He doesn't know how it's going to go by any means. He's not saying he's going to be perfect like you, like you heard from him, but he expects that experience to help him. Winners win. And so, you know, having that DNA is huge. You know, I mean, as y'all know, he won the ISD's first state title in like over 60 years. And he played a game in AT&T, right? Like, that's pressure. And I'm gonna be honest, there's no more pressure in a conference championship game in the American Conference than that. Like, if you're a competitor, it doesn't matter who you're playing, where you're playing, the pressure's the same, right? And so, yeah, it's a bigger stage. Yeah, it's on national TV and all that kind of stuff. But to the competitor, he's prepared for those moments. He's fortunately for us, you know, over the last two years, had a few stints in games that were like critical. I mean, he played two and a half quarters of the two lane game that was never, uh, and then the issue was in doubt, right? The whole time he was playing and played well. Last year when Tanner gets knocked out, he comes in, leads us on a 90 yard touchdown drive before half against Memphis in a tight game. And then this year against Rice in the fourth quarter in a tight game. So he's been in those moments. It's not like he's just come in when we're up by a lot of points. And I think those things will really help him too uh, throughout the course of the game. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I thought Rhett Lashley's kind of candidness talking about Kevin, talking about the experience that he's had in the past, whether it be in high school, whether it be stepping in for this team. I like that about how he's approaches this entire thing. I mean, Preston Stone carted off. Everybody and their mother, unfortunately, knew what, you know, to, to what extent we didn't know, but we knew it was a bad injury to Preston and that there was very little chance that they could find a way, honestly, without closing down practice all week, that they could find a way to keep this thing under wraps. And he announced it on Monday that he was indeed out. And now it's Kevin's show. And I think the candidness about Kevin's demeanor, his confidence level, his experiences, all those things from not only Rhett Lashley, but his staff, I think those have been important. Um, because if he is watching any of this, um, when it comes to interviews, when it comes to stories, who knows, maybe even this podcast, I have no idea. Kevin can sit back and say, well, I knew my coach was confident in me, but now I really feel that confidence. And now 
I just go out, got to go out and play, which is exactly what SMU offensive coordinator Casey Woods kind of talked about this week as well. Um, you don't have to tweak this offense. You do have a general understanding of what Kevin wants to do, but you have one game and one game only that matters. I know they've said it all year, but for this coaching staff, for Kevin, for this offense, obviously for the whole rest of the team, it's one game that you got to line up and you got to find a way. And for this coaching staff, they're never going to tell these quarterbacks, I mean, unless they really get down to the bare bones of, you know, you're down to your third walk-on quarterback, you're never going to tell these quarterbacks that they brought in for the most part, say, oh, whoa, whoa, don't do that. Don't be yourself. We want you to do this. They're always going to tell them to just go. Um, I, you know, I don't think uh, – we, we trust Kevin with our offense. Um, you know, I think that there's um, – we, we got to look back and evaluate all the guys that, you know, Coach Lashley and I have been around with, like, Nick Marshall and things like that. I mean, there's, there's elements of the offense that you can, you know, certainly expand upon with him. But, I, I mean, I, we don't – we got three days here, so we're, we can't reinstall a new offense. We, you know, we got great – um, what we've talked about all year and what we really said early in the year about Preston is right. He didn't have to be the hero that got us here and I ended up being that guy. But um, but we got a lot of support around it, right? We've got eight different guys with close to 300 yards receiving 20 plus catches. I mean, it's just like outrageous ball distribution, right? So we've got good players that can move the ball for him. He just got to get it to him. So um, we, we trust that he can handle what it is that we got and, and we got to, and these guys have really rallied around him and supported him. Um, starting in the locker room on Saturday after the game uh, to, you know, Monday morning's meeting and, and today at practice. Yeah, I, this is – I've said this for a while. This is a really close team. And, you know, if you're a casual SMU fan who's somehow stumbled upon this podcast um, for On the Pony Express while, you know, getting ready to watch an AAC championship game, maybe you don't know much about Kevin Jennings. Maybe you missed, you know, that drive before halftime against Memphis, maybe you missed, you know, the Rice game uh, when he came in late for Preston Stone when he got uh, nicked up and got ended up in uh, concussion protocol. He is somebody that Casey Woods mentioned, Nick Marshall, for example. And I, I think that is a terrific comparison. And I've kind of said that a couple times when Kevin's gotten in and there's certain plays. I remember I grew up watching the SEC. And I remember when Nick Marshall, and I was a little bit older by this point, but I remember Nick Marshall at Auburn and what he can do. And I think Nick Marshall was a little bit more of a pure runner and things like that. And, and they had a little bit more designed run packages with him. But it was kind of on the heels of, of I think I'm 99% sure it was on the heels of Cam Newton, unless I have that flip completely. But it was on the heels of Cam Newton's Auburn offense um, that Rhett Lashley was a part of. And I felt I've always felt like whenever Kevin's in the game, unless they're really trying to milk clock and do something kind of different uh, from a play calling perspective, whenever it's open, it's very similar to that. And that was a super explosive offense. Um, and they forced you to defend sideline to sideline and every inch up and down the field. And, and I think that, Kevin Jennings has gone through two full seasons at SMU and he's gone in in all different situations. He has the talent to make this happen on Saturday and he has the demeanor and the confidence to make it happen on Saturday. 
And I think it'd be an unbelievable story. I mean, just like if Preston Stone would have started I'd, and he would have delivered, I think it would have been an unbelievable story. But Kevin getting his first career start in an AAC championship game, he's got all these tools, but he's also playing for Dallas, which again, Preston would have as well. But it's just a different vantage point for Kevin coming in now with his first career start, family calling him a little bit this week. He's locking in. He's trying to you know, keep it all at bay. He's got a lot more people going down to New Orleans this weekend, but uh, it certainly still means a lot to play for Dallas. I mean, it's a crazy moment, you know, growing up in Dallas, coming here as a Dallas school, and you know, I want to bring it back to the city. So, you know, I'm going to give him all. And that's kind of the same way he felt about winning state. We'll get this. Kevin's pretty short and sweet when he talks about things. He, uh, he's talked a lot with Derek King. He uh, has talked to Shane Bouchelle earlier in the season um, about kind of how to go about his role, which I think is pretty cool. And I, I talked with, we, we talked with Johnny Brewer, the quarterback's coach early this season back in fall camp. And it was kind of like, Hey, what is this quarterback room? Like, you know, how do you keep, uh, Kevin Jennings happy when you just brought in Alex Padilla for depth. And we've said that on this podcast, Alex Padilla was very much depth, but still a guy that could go in and, and play. And then you've got, you know, Keldrick Luster in there. You've got Preston Stone. who has got multiple years. You had just basically sent Tanner Mordecai onto Wisconsin. And it was a, kind of a different feel. There was a little bit of a competition, but not really. It was Preston Stone's job. And how do you make that room you know, bond? And from the get-go, that room has been pretty tight. Um, and so, you know, winning that state championship for Kevin Jennings, I just lean on that. He is the ultimate team guy, and he's going to do whatever it takes to help his team win. Um, and to give you a, kind of a little bit of an idea about what SMU fans could ex expect on Saturday from him with, an, with a conference championship on the line, with – the entire playbook at the disposal of Rhett Lashley. This isn't a, well, we SMU has to find a way to sneak out of Tulsa with a win or, okay, let's, let's see what he can do against Memphis here. You know, Tanner's hurt, but we've got to find a way to get down the field a little bit because time's running down in the first half or, you know, let's milk this clock and go on. I think they went on a four and a half or five minute drive against Rice that basically capped it. Whatever situation he's been in, he's going to face every single potential situation you could think of on Saturday, or I should say every single situation you could think of is still on the table for this Saturday. And um, we're going to see what Kevin Jennings is all about. Um, he is a gunslinger. The dude can absolutely spin the ball. Um, you guys have known that. You guys have watched him around the area for the when he's in high school. I mean, he can absolutely spin it. Um, and so he, um, he can, he can throw the ball down the field vertically. He can make a lot of deep, throws, that kind of stuff. He can get the ball out of his hands quick, um, that kind of deal. So for him, it's just going to be getting used to the speed of the game for the full length of the game for him. And SMU did find out uh, some all AAC selections. We'll get to those in a second. But yeah, I, I did want to open up this podcast and it's gone 19 minutes now. But I wanted to give you guys the full lay of the land of Kevin Jennings and what to expect. So I hope I did that in a in a half decent way. Um, he's got a chance to do something really special on Saturday. It's not lost on him. He's going to need the entire team though. And uh, SMU has a team that uh, had 18 players selected to the all conference teams, um, which is uh, a, 
uh, record tying for league selections in a single year. Uh, I'll read them off to you real quick, rapid fire. You'll see some snubs and be like, what the heck? Uh, Marcus Bryant, Justin Osborne, Logan Parr on the offensive line make first team. RJ Maryland, a tight end first team. Uh, defensive lineman Elijah Chapman, first team. Uh, kicker Colin Rogers, first team. Um, then you have second team Branson Hickman on the offensive line. Running back Jalen Knighton on, on, at, uh, on second team. Elijah Roberts on the second team at defensive end. Kobe Wilson, linebacker, second team. Roger Daniels, second team return specialist. Then third team, Kobe, or excuse me, third team, Preston Stone at quarterback. Third team, Jonathan McGill at safety and Charles Woods at corner. Ryan Bachevsky landed that punter nod on third team. And then Chris Magenson at corner, linebacker Mod Walker, and right tackle Hyron White were all honorable mentions. The offensive player of the year, Michael Pratt at Tulane. Trey Moore, the linebacker from UTSA, was defense player of the year. Special teams player of the year, LaJonte uh, Le Wester uh, as the kick returner for FAU. Rookie of the year, Makai Hughes at Tulane. And coach of the year, Willie Fritz. Uh, the Green Wave, uh, and we'll start talking about them in a second, uh, do have uh, numerous uh, conference, all-conference selections. First teamers on the offensive line, Cam Wire, who I actually covered as a high school recruit and at LSU. Center, Sincere Hainsworth. Those were two first teamers. Um, from the defensive side, Tulane defensive lineman Darius Hodges, uh, who led, led the team and fourth in the conference with seven and a half sacks. Defensive lineman Patrick Jenkins, another guy I know from high school, crazy. He was at TCU at one point, transfer. Um, he is uh, tied for the team lead with 11 tackles for loss and second on the squad. Uh, that is a weird way to put that. Um, uh, it must be a typo. It's got to be five and a half sacks that he's second on the team for. And then cornerback Jarius Monroe. A boat up cornerback uh, there is 45 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, a sack, two interceptions at eight PBUs. Second teamers, uh, Jesus Machado at linebacker. He's a tough, hard-nosed football player there. Cornerback Lance Robinson Jr. in safety. Um, Cam uh, Pedesclo, um, he, uh, he is back there at safety um, and, and was a um, – uh, Big time uh, guy in the secondary. He had an interception, I think, last week. Uh, he made a he made a big play. Um, I remember. I'm pretty sure watching that game. They also had Rashad uh, Green on on the O line. Receiver Chris Bazell, the second. Lawrence Keys, the third at wide receiver. Linebacker Tyler Grubbs and uh, one time SMU commit and return specialist Jaquan Jackson landed on third team All AAC. So. A lot of talent, both sides of uh, this matchup on Saturday. And let's jump into it. Uh, you know, I think for me, um, looking at um, the Green Wave, they are a football team that is kind of a mirror image of SMU in a sense. They play really good defense. They, uh, believe it or not, are plus six in the turnover margin. SMU is um, plus five. Uh, they have that ability to force turnovers at a high level, uh, forcing five off of UTSA last week. I think for me, 
this you this two-lane offense really surprised me from the way that they were able to replace Tajay Spears, who uh, left for the NFL, graduated, left for the NFL, um, and they replaced him with Makai Hughes, a guy who's rushed for over 1,200 yards. He earned that Rookie of the Year honor. Like I mentioned, uh, he has 12, 1,246 yards rushing. He's averaging 5.4 yards per carry. He is the guy at Tulane. Their uh, second leading rusher is Michael Pratt, their veteran quarterback who um, I believe is um, – I think he's 10 and 0 as a starter in, in the league. I, I'm surprised it's not right up here. I mean, there's a really good stat about him basically being undefeated as a starter. I'm, I'm pretty sure in uh, the AAC um, and of course led them to that win over USC, led them to a conference championship win over UCF, where I think he threw for 400 yards or so, 300 something last year in the championship game. They have some receivers nicked up. Scott Simons can give you guys a scouting report here in a second. We'll, we'll hear from him. But also, they it's it could be Coach B, could be, kind of be, yeah, we'll see. Jaquan Jackson, the one-time SMU commit, is expected to play. He's the one that warmed up last week um, against UTSA and it didn't end up playing. Chris Brazell is a big receiver that Charles Woods, Chris Magnuson, Jahari Rogers, Jalen Davis Robinson are going to have to step up and defend. Uh, this defense does get Brandon Crosley back, so he'll be able to pair with C.J. Sanders and kind of help in that regard. But this offense has a veteran offensive line that is going to face a veteran defensive line from SMU and one that is very different from the one that they pushed around in, in New Orleans last year at Yulman Stadium. And trust me, one thing I'll say before we get into the full-blown, not full-blown, but a little bit more on Tulane. Those all-conference selections, I talked about some of the snubs and situations. Go look at it. Go look it back over when you get done listening to this pod or while you're listening. And go look at the defensive selections. No Jordan Miller. Elijah Roberts, second team. Jonathan McGill, uh, was he second or third team? Snubs. And I, this is not something that I... I don't know how much it's talked about, but I can tell you they found out at practice on Wednesday who, you know, they celebrated the guys that were all conference and all those things. And two guys that came in here with the chip on their shoulder, Jordan Miller, Elijah Roberts, both have had extremely importantly good, successful seasons for SMU. Don't be surprised if those are two of the emotional leaders on Saturday trying to show that they deserve to be not only on the all AAC team, but much higher. I think this defense finds a way to get, mo get to get motivated and to make this one a lower scoring ball game. I'm intrigued to see. I have no idea what SMU is going to do offensively. I think they've got all the tools in the toolbox. We'll talk about some injuries in a second, but I think they've got all the tools in the toolbox to make it work, and to put up a ninth straight 30-point game. It is supposed to rain. How much? We'll see. How long? I don't know. The weather changes, honestly, by the hour at this point for this football game tomorrow at three, or uh, Saturday at 3 o'clock. I think SMU's defense is, is going to make a full-blown recovery from the Rice game, the UNT game, 
the Memphis game. I just I see this one being a lower scoring game. Maybe I'm completely off my rocker, but I I just think if the weather is going to be a factor, that's a huge piece there. I think SMU's over under on points is set at 20, uh, the team total. I, I got to believe SMU finds a way if they're going to win this game to get above that. Tulane, on the other hand, they have a chance to – they do a really nice job of capitalizing on their opportunities. They score when they need to. I know that sounds cliche and you're like, don't you always need to or whatever, but they really do a good job of capitalizing in key moments and being efficient offensively. And that's not lost on me trying to predict this game. I still think SMU gets it done 24 17. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring, but I like SMU um, to be able to win this football game. And I, I maybe it's the whole, wow, this is lining up for Kevin to deliver a uh, first conference championship in 40 years to SMU after delivering DISD's first conference championship in 60 years or uh, state championship that uh, to DISD in 60 years which doesn't have any impact on the game. But Rhett Lashley, this whole staff, these players have talked a lot about throughout the season of it is a long season and you have to have guys step up at various points to make dream seasons become reality. And you never want your quarterback to go down and that be the way that somebody gets their start in a championship game and gets a chance to write this story. But it's reality for SMU that that is what Kevin Jennings has ahead of him right now. And if he can avoid bad sacks, if he can avoid turnovers, SMU is going to have a really strong chance of winning this football game. And if they don't turn the ball, if, if they don't turn the ball over and, and Kevin avoids sacks like Preston can, a lot of depth at running back, veteran offensive line receivers that are kind of starting to catch their hit their stride a little bit there a defense that just held Blake Watson like Tulane held Blake Watson uh that there was a difference of seven yards in the effort of total rushing yardage I believe um from Memphis from the the mutual opponent Memphis for both these teams uh both held uh Memphis under 70 rushing yards so can Michael Pratt and this receiving core lead Tulane to a, to a win when the weather is what it's going to be? I don't know. I don't know. It's um, it's going to be interesting. This, this Tulane offense is so efficient with Michael Pratt at the helm, and they've got Makai Hughes, uh, who's just so good running the football. Um, so SMU will have to be um, on point when they are defending this attack. They're really balanced. Obviously, they have a, you know, uh, the most experienced quarterback in this league. Um, explosive at receiver, you know, and they haven't been full go at receiver the last half of the season. But you know, based on everything, I think that you know we'll see the the full gamut of wideouts um, can run the ball really well, uh, have multiple backs, um, but you know, a 1,200 yard plus rusher, uh, experienced O line, uh, one of the best centers in the league. So you know, just they're really balanced, and I think. Um, I think they sequence plays really well, uh, meaning there's there's always a play to set up the next play. And I think uh, they do a great job calling plays and setting those things up in the course of the game. And 
you'll have a quarterback that can stretch the ball vertically and receivers that can stretch the field vertically with, you know, a really strong run game. So uh, as far as a balanced attack goes, this will be the most balanced attack, honestly, we've probably seen, you know, this season, um, you know, with what they do. It's true. A uh, lot of balance uh, for this two-lane offense. Um, I'm going to pick two players of the game and predict those, uh, and then we're going to get you guys out of here, and, and you can uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. If you're down in New Orleans, Friday night, about 9 o'clock. I might be there there earlier, but hoping to be there around 9, uh, or by 9 for sure. Uh, Cooter Browns uh, Sports Bar in New Orleans. That's where we're going to be hanging out. A lot of people at OnThePonyExpress.com going to swing through there. So uh, come by, have some beers, watch the New, Me New Mexico State Liberty game. That is a big one. Um, and uh, hang out uh, on the eve of an AAC championship berth uh, or game for SMU. Uh, quick reminder as well, uh, we do have a special going on at OnThePonyExpress.com. You can get two months for just a dollar with code SMU1. That is SMU, the number one. Uh, you can put that in at checkout and get two months for just a dollar. That carries you all the way through the transfer portal and um, basically to National Signing Day or 50% off annual subscriptions. That runs through the championship game. So check those out. Join the board. Tons of people have this week. It's been awesome. Huge growth period for the site we're excited about. Um, and before uh, we jump into uh, the um, the uh, the players of the game, I do got to tell you guys about uh, Bird Dogs. Our friends at Bird Dogs, uh, you guys have heard me talk about them before, uh, but they bring you guys the goods. Um, in Dallas, the weather changes left and right, and that is why you can get the khaki shorts if we hit a little bit of a warmer spell than we have recently, or what I'm rocking uh, right now as I'm recording this, the joggers. The joggers are the way to go. Uh, super comfortable, breathable. Um, you can wear them around town working out, uh, you know, casual walks, whatever. Uh, I wear them out to high school football games as well. They are super comfortable. And you can use the code PONY or uh, go to birddogs.com slash pony and get a free Yeti style tumbler. Uh, from Bird Dogs. So that is a big time gift, an expensive one. Uh, and Bird Dogs is hooking it up for us um, as they continue to sponsor us throughout the college football season. So check out birddogs.com. I love, love uh, the way they breathe. I'm a sweater. Um, even in the winter, I find a way to sweat. Uh, my wife gives me so much grief about it, but uh, that's why the joggers are so clutch. They breathe well. They've got that sweat wicking fabric. So check them out, birddogs.com slash pony, or use the promo code pony on the site for your free Yeti style tumbler, birddogs.com slash pony. Players of the game, guys. Uh, I am going to start with the defensive side, and this is one that I didn't really have to think long about. I think Jordan Miller, and he won't be a guy that shows up on the stat sheet because he is that big nose tackle in the middle. But if SMU is going to win this game, I do feel like not that Michael Pratt can't be the only guy that beats you with this receiving core. And Seth Hennigan certainly gave it a go. But if they can shut down Makai Hughes, I like SMU's chances to really slow down this two-lane attack. 
and couple that with what's going on um, when it comes to their receivers and the weather, that is the recipe for success. Because maybe if you make them one-dimensional in terms of the pass game being what they have to lean on, that could be your ticket to getting some of those key stops that they did against Memphis. On the flip side, SMU needs a big game, obviously from Kevin Jennings. That is your obvious kind of pick as your X factor there, like how does he play? But your pre-player of the game, LJ Johnson. Sat out last week in the win over Navy. He had an opportunity to rest up a little bit more. Same with Jalen Knighton. But I think LJ has been playing at such a high level that SMU has a chance to run the football maybe a little bit on this defense. Now, SMU is going to get Marcus Bryant back at left tackle. They're going to have P.J. Williams available to rotate in at right tackle, left tackle, give Justin Osborne, who's going to play some right, or he's going to start at right tackle with Hyron White out for the year. But he's going to be able to give those guys a little bit of a rest. They're going to have Ben Sparks, Logan Park, uh, Branson Hickman. Um, by the way, SMU, all five offensive linemen getting some sort of uh, all AAC mention or uh, team selection. That group is kind of your X factor. If Kevin Jennings has time, if he uh, can hand the ball off and they can pick up five, six yards a carry and, and kind of keep things rolling, this game has got a chance to go really well for SMU. And, you know, I think LJ Johnson is going to be the guy that that kind of is that major piece. If he has a good game, I think this offense has a chance to really roll a little bit on Saturday. So there were a lot of things that went wrong a year ago, but this is a very different team, very different players, uh, very different mindset going in. They got to get one win. I like SMU 24-17 over Tulane. You guys didn't think I wouldn't pick SMU. It's really hard though. I mean, Tulane is a very good football team. The line has slowly crept back towards SMU, uh, but um, I like the Mustangs to get it done. I, I just think it's a team that has been relatively slept on uh, throughout the year. They've got a chance to really stake their claim to it here. And, you know, for Rhett Lashley, who signed an extension uh, earlier this week or that was announced earlier this week, this is an opportunity to have that, that, that real signature moment. I know just two weeks ago we were talking about a signature win at Memphis, which is Definitely that signature win, but you're only as good as your last game. And he has a tall task on his hands to obviously get Kevin to that uh, ability and execution level to go win a conference championship. And it's a uh, it's a um, something he didn't have on his bingo card, I'm sure, in terms of having to do and prepare for when they kicked off against him. You know, he knew that his team was ready to go, but he didn't think he'd be losing his starting quarterback and going to Kevin Jennings. But you know what? One thing I've kind of learned watching Rhett Lashley from either here or afar, he gets quarterbacks ready. And Johnny Brewer, Casey Woods, that whole crew, they find ways. And it's not always pretty. It's not always perfect. But all they got to do is come out with a win. And I fully believe they'll be punching a ticket to a New Year's Six Bowl. So I like the Mustangs, 24-17. Check out on theponyexpress.com. We'll have full coverage. We'll be there uh, starting Thursday, boots on the ground uh, in New Orleans, awaiting the Mustangs to arrive. And then uh, the game kicks off Saturday at 3 p.m. Central on ABC. So, guys, um, that is about it. Um, 
I, I think the only I don't I don't even think the Willie Fritz Houston talk is an X factor here. They dealt with it last year. Um, I think the Mustangs are just going to have to beat them straight up. I think that Tulane staff does an unbelievable job of getting their guys ready to play. I know some of them been around them, been around how they evaluate, been around how they coach. They're genuine guys. SMU is going to have to go out and beat the class of the AAC and prove that they're the ones that belong in a New Year's Six. I just think they find a way. I mean, that's ever since the the calendar has flipped to AAC play, that's exactly what this team has done. So now they've got to prove it against the best team in this conference. Give me SMU 24-17. So with that, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Follow us, set notifications, whatever you want to do, wherever you catch your podcast at, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or at OnThePonyExpress.com. Appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for subscribing to OnThePonyExpress.com, a part of the On3 Network. We'll catch you guys post-game on the After Staying Show. Have a great weekend, everyone, and enjoy this time. SMU playing for an AAC championship on Saturday against Tulane. Thanks for listening to the On The Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on 3 and on Instagram at on3SMU. And keep it locked to OnThePonyExpress.com for more coverage.